We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 381 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and he's Levon, aka Barcelab. And Levon, I have avoided the more negative topics. I mean, sans the huge financial show that we did, of course, a few weeks ago, but you are a man that does not shy away from the hard-hitting story. So with the Liga starting in a few hours and players still unregistered, let's get into the squad business. But before we do that, I want some positivity to start the show, you know? So you haven't been on, believe it or not, since all the major signings went down. So what's the buzz <laughs> in the city about this team? You know, I haven't heard from you since Lewandowski, Kunde, any of those big names. And we're talking about whether they're registered or not. Who cares about that? But as far as the signings playing for FC Barcelona, what's the buzz in the city right now? I mean, um, if you go to my Twitter account, I, I, I tweeted out a picture of, the, of my street one hour after the Jean Gampé. Uh, after the Jean Gampé, one hour after, my, my street, like the cars were still stuck in traffic. It was still locked jams of cars trying to get out of the, uh, away from the camp now. So th- that's the buzz in Barcelona. Everybody is, everybody is excited because this team is like the moves that Laporta made. And I have my own thoughts. I think people on Barca Twitter are, as a whole, lack critical thinking. Um, it's not what I would have done. But at least the money that we've spent, we seem to have spent it on, on the right players. So, you know, it's not like we said, well, let's sell 5% of our future income and spend it on players that are not really going to help us. Like this squad is exciting. And, and you know me, you know me, because like we, you, we, we, we talked about this. Okay, I've been on the path for like 20 years, but we talked about this and I always told you like, you know, our squad is so exciting that we don't need signings. We just need renewals. And we got renewals plus Lewandowski, Jules Conde, Rafinha, and Christensen and uh, Frank Tassi. It's, it's insane. This squad is, is, is insane. It's very exciting. Well, instead of starting with that, we're going to get into the registration of those players and all that stuff. So I want to warm us up with, uh, we'll say a, a softer story here, with the Nico Gonzalez to Valencia loan news. So this one kind of caught me by surprise after he featured in the Gambit Trophy the way he did. And I hate to admit that this makes sense 
you know, the way the team is constructed this season and for all the sacrifices the club is being criticized for not making in terms of their squad, keeping Pjanic around as Busquets' backup due to that being the most financially astute thing to do with him, again, does make sense on paper. You know, sending him elsewhere, again, would have meant paying part of those wages for a player that isn't playing for you. And it seems like Xavi has either said all the right things, you know, to the press that he wants Pjanic, or he actually likes what he believes that he, and he wants to keep him, you know, that he's not just saying that for the press, that he actually wants to use him. And I've been seeing him preseason, not to overrate the preseason, but he looks like he can do, again, 85% of what Busquets does. And if that's Xavi's system, he's just going to want him to keep doing, I mean, or 80%. I, you, you, you made the face, but I mean, Xavi's asking him to do a certain job, a certain task and to be the backup. And so all he has to do is just give his best Busquets impression in his own way. So, Okay, fine. Let's do the piano thing first. Then we'll then we'll talk about Nico. Go ahead. I mean, Pjanic does eighty five percent of what Busquets does on the ball, but you know, yes, a, a, a lot of people seem to think that Busquets cannot defend. Let's let them take a long hard look at Pjanic because Busquets right. is a, Busquets is a de- decent defender and he presses. Uh, what we saw of Pjanic last season on uh, under Koeman. Was it last season or two seasons ago under Koeman yeah. and three seasons ago while still with Juve is Pjanic does not defend at all. Like Busquets does not defend very well on the back foot, but Busquets is an amazing defender on the front foot. Pjanic does not defend neither on his front foot, nor on his back foot, nor on his left foot, nor on his right foot, nor on his left hand, nor on his right hand, nor on his fingers, nor on his toes. Pjanic does not defend. So let's see how this turns out. Um, I, I will say that Pjanic on the ball is amazing. And I, you know that I am a huge believer in Nico Gonzalez. I would have loved for him to, to stay at the club and get significant minutes. But I would prefer Nico to get maybe 25, 30 starts at Valencia than to get 10 starts at Barcelona. Um, because it seems that Barcelona this season is really in it to win it. And I don't think Xavi is going to take a lot of risks. So uh, Nico Gonzalez, I, I love him. I want him to succeed at Barca. But even in the Gamper against Pumas, and Pumas was horrible. Pumas was so bad. And Nico played poorly against them. He needs minutes. He needs game time. He needs to play. Uh, if Xavi does not give that to him, because we, we are prioritizing right now over the two, three, four years from now, then it's better for Pjanic to get those minutes at Valencia. I just hope that he's going to get those minutes at Valencia because Valencia does not have an interest in developing him. So at Valencia, he needs to perform. If not, he doesn't play because they don't care. They don't care about his development because he's not their player. So if at Valencia, he earns his minutes and he plays them, he earns his starts and he plays them, that's going to be excellent for Barcelona. If he doesn't, then who knows? Well, in the, starting with the case of Pjanic, I, I think what this allows Xavi to do, and I talked about this in my season predictions, I, I predicted that either Lewandowski or Busquets were going to be the outfield player for Barcelona with the most minutes this season, because Busquets surpassed everybody else by a, hundreds of minutes last season. He's so durable. He's always available, right? He surpassed Ter Stegen? He had more than Ter Stegen because Ter Stegen was hurt a few times. Yes. He right. Was, okay. Yep. Now, so I expect Ter Stegen to be number one this season in minutes, but I think Busquets, I, I predicted he might be number two again, because again, if healthy, he's going to play and he plays 90 minutes. We saw in the preseason, 
just the, the, the sheer lion's share of minutes that he even had in the midfield in the, in the preseason. So this allows Xavi to not feel compelled as opposed to against Nico. I think he's going to constantly, I think Xavi looking down the bench going, I'm wasting this guy's year. Like this guy, Nico is the future. I know he's the future. He might be part of my future. If I'm manager in two, three years time, and I got to put this guy on the field. But with Pjanic, I think he's able to look down the bench and go, this isn't the moment. This isn't the time I want to put in Pjanic and Boosie can go 90 today. So Boosie is going to go 90 today. And then we're going to get 30 out of Pjanic on Wednesday, or we'll get him starting occasionally, right? And I think this puts so this takes so much responsibility off of Xavi and that coaching staff to feel like they have to put Pjanic on the field whenever they need to. His role is to be Busquets' backup. So if you can get 30 minutes out of, out of, out of Pjanic when Barcelona... And the expectation, too, is that Barca is going to have, what, 65 to 75% of possession in most games again this season. Pretty much every time you see Pjanic, that being Barcelona, is likely going to be defending on the front foot. So you're not really, in theory, going to be asking too much of Pjanic as far as his defensive acumen. In the same way that Juve in Serie A didn't ask too much of him that season either. But yeah, go ahead. But that, that, that was the biggest problem with Pjanic. He does not press. Whereas Busquets is an excellent press, uh, presser. Right. Well, that's a Pianic, so, Pianic so, is so, coming for his job, though. He's not coming for Busquets' minutes. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you could put Busquets' minutes and set those in stone right now. You could just guarantee that he's going to get 4,200 minutes or 3,900 minutes and guarantee those to him, as opposed to having some conversation about Nico developing as a backup. Mm-hmm. Now, Pianic, like, and again, if Pianic isn't good enough to press, and you're right, that he, why is he even on the field at all? Well, then Xavi has so many center backs to help figure out that problem, or else you have no. Right? Th- this is th- this is true. This is true. Like first of all, like if Pjanic really doesn't work out, like there are alternatives to Busquets because you can play uh, Frankie if he stays and uh, Kessie. Uh, apparently, it's not Kessie; it's Kessie. Uh, you can play Kessie and Frankie at the same time as, as some kind of double pivot. Uh, the the other thing is that you know Barcelona is so strong offensively and. Frankly, Pjanic's passing is amazing. Mm-hmm. That, that that will probably outweigh the advantages of playing Pjanic with, with a strong attacking team is going to outweigh the disadvantages uh, of having Pjanic on your squad when, when you defend. Okay. So, yeah, I, I also see the logic. Well, and then looking at the Valencia squad real quick for Nico, I think Nico's going to get those minutes and he's going to get, I mean, unless Valencia has something up their sleeve, like they've got some huge loans that are also coming, but I think Nico is their one big midfield signing right now. And looking at who he's competing with, I mean, he's competing with Guillemot, who is a defensive midfielder slash center back. He's competing with Rasic, a defensive midfielder again, who's nothing to write home about. And then Carlos Soler played in front of him. Yunus Musa, it looks like Valencia is trying to move him inside the American midfielder, but Nico is better than he is. I watched both of those two extensively, you know, as far as two players in the league, young players. I've almost seen most of the minutes that Musa's played, and Nico is better than he is at this mm-hmm. point. And again, he played on the wing. Now we're converting him to center back, uh, center uh, midfield fully. And then Coindredi is a 20 something young French midfielder that's coming up as well. So looking at those, right. I think that Nico is probably going to play as an interior for at least 65% of those starts that he gets. But yeah, looking at that Valencia midfield, unless they have more players to bring in and they don't have money to do that. So I think it's Valencia squad set. And, you know, they are terribly run. We've talked about their president in the past. We talked about Valencia being a disaster, but they physically do need to put players on the field. And of, of Nico, course, right. And so if Nico can rise above that, I, that squad, you know, the name Valencia tells you that he's going to be fighting for a spot. But the squad itself, the way that Valencia is constructed, he's going to be playing a lot and he's going to be la- playing um, regularly. And so if True. he improves, 
that's strictly as a loan, no purchase option, no nothing like this club knows. And also renewing him for another additional season. I mean, the club knows that he is the future. And no, we, we, need, we need to renew him for a season. The other thing that I think is interesting is that uh, Gattuso, the coach of Valencia, mm-hmm. who was the hard man of, uh, of AC Milan, he, he loves technical players who pass the ball well. Yeah. Which, which I think is like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, uh, that's just very, very funny and very nice because yeah, um, for, for Milan, he, he was not yeah. known for his passing game or for his, uh, for his technique. But those are the kind of players that he loves. He also loved uh, Ricky Push, for example. Uh, and, and now, reportedly, he, he told uh, Nico Gonzalez he will be an undisputed starter the um, the doubt i have is that valencia like you know is the definition of an unstable club mm-hmm. so this this can go horribly wrong and uh it might be that uh gattuso gets fired after three months and nico does not see a minute uh, what i'm not sure of is what then the is there some kind of clause where if nico does not play we get him back in 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 the winter window mm-hmm. i don't know because if he goes to Valencia and does not play, like quite honestly, that would be really, really bad. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, as I said, I don't think that's going to happen just because of the way that Valencia squad is constructed. And, you know, even come January, they would, that being Valencia, if they're in a relegation fight, they're going to have to bring in as many players as possible. So yeah, that would in theory be the difficulty, but because of his versatility, that being he can play at the defensive midfield spot, he can play as an interior. I mean, we've seen him even play at right back in the past for Barca B. We can play, he can also play the center back. Because of his versatility, mm-hmm. I think Catuso is going, going to be able to use him. And even if Catuso gets sacked, there's going to be so many opportunities for him to play anywhere he needs to with a Swiss Army knife, just because, again, that Valencia squad, I mean, very much like Sevilla, when you look up and down those squads, you're like, they are like four or five players short, really, like four or five players short. Okay, now, on to the next one. This one's quick, then we're going to get into the, the main meat of our show. Alex Cayado looks to set to leave for Elche, Olympiacos in Greece, Girona and Celtic were all linked as well. You know, I would have liked to see him go to Girona very much like with uh, Nico going to Valencia, I do watch a lot of Valencia anyway. I tend to try to tune into them, Villarreal, Salta. They're a team that I tend to watch somehow. I catch them on the Mondays, you know, Real Betis quite a lot, Sevilla. F, F- Girona. <laughs> well, as I mean, like if he was going to Girona, I tend to, uh, I'll tend to be watching oh. them getting promoted again. But as far as Elche goes, you know, 
I, I'm probably not going to watch Elche Hadafe, but Callado, even going to Elche, I'm not sure if we really need to keep too uh, too big of an eye on him because I think I, I can't see him really coming back to Barcelona and ever really being a part of that first team dynamic at this point. He is 24. It's no, it's done. Yeah, this is this is the this is the loan that gets him some money on his next contract at his new team. That's what this yeah. move this sets him up for his future career. This is done. I think he's a talented player. Uh, personally, I would have liked to see him at the club. I don't think that I, I don't like modern football where we need two superstars per uh, per position. But being as it is, Collado is not going to make it at Barcelona, and and that's it. But yeah, that's it. I, I per, personally, I'm I'm happy that he doesn't go to Girona. Mm-hmm. I am the only Kule who does not like Girona. Uh, because I'm the only Kule who's not hypocritical. So I complain about um, Petro States owning football clubs. Sure. For which I am totally against the Manchester City uh, group owning uh, owning Girona. This is football. Uh, it's not McDonald's. We should not. We should have like one football club. We should not build franchises all over the world. So I, I hope I hope Girona gets relegated again. Yeah, I mean, what you're right about when it comes to Girona, that their squad, again, at the moment, is they're going to get relegated again. I mean, uh, them and Mallorca are basically dead in the water at this point. I mean, just pick a third. God, I hope so. Because, yeah, Mallorca, they're, I mean, they're they're going to be, a. I, I would assume that they're going to be a disaster. They're, they're well, I kind of like Mallorca. Me too. I'm not saying I don't like Mallorca. I, I do tend to watch Mallorca, but I'm saying the de- the quality of their squad is so far below almost everyone else in the league of this year. And then in terms of Girona, yeah, even now, they're going to the opening weekend with like, 17 players or 15 players or something like that where they like active players. Yeah. And you're right. That's the issue with the Man City ownership is that you're just waiting for these loanees and you never build continuity in a team. And so it depends on how good are you basically have to assume how good Man City's U23 squad is to know whether or not Girona is going to stay up in the first division or get relegated again. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I wish Girona, I wish they existed on their own for sure. All right. Yeah. And, And if they existed on their own, I would be all for it. And I would like they might they might be well. I have a soft spot for Betis, but they might be my third team in Spain. All right, so we we've got two lost in the weeds, and we've yet to begin the show yet. So first things first, I want to set the stage a bit without talking about Barca. Believe it or not, when we're talking about registering players, Barca get all the headlines about player registration because they have players under contract that they are trying to push out, and they still went out and got new ones. And of course, the buzz is all about Barcelona all the time because that's what gets clicks and yada yada yada. So we'll talk about that from a Barca perspective later. But they aren't the only ones that I said. It's Real Betis will be pulling their own economic lever to register their six new signings. It's an agreement with an investment fund to sell a percentage of subscription and future ticket rights for the next five years. And I can say personally that if Barca sold any bit of their gate revenue, I'd be very, very frustrated. And that would definitely be a bigger call to arms than anything else that Barca has sold so far in assets. And then Sevilla, Villarreal, Elche, Almeria, Celta, Rayo, and Real Valladolid, plus potentially Aleti, are likely going to be missing players this weekend. According to ESPN, as of yesterday, only 34 of the newly signed 90 players to the Liga clubs have been registered. And those yeah, are... The- but, like, I'm going to interrupt you right there. Because, yeah, 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 yeah. The media reports that only a, a small percentage of the players is, uh, is registered. Uh, this is because clubs are waiting until the last possible moment to actually hit that registration button. Because it's actually a system. It's like almost like an app where... You click register me the players, and they get registered or not. Uh, but they're, they're they're waiting until the last moment 
because it's more advantageous for clubs to to register like a high amount of players at, at, at the time than to try to register two players now and three players next week. So part of this is by design. We're going to see on Saturday what the situation is, is really like. I do think that it is an issue in when we have a league where uh, the actual league, I'm not going to say forced, but almost strong-armed clubs to take the CVC deal and give up 10% of the television rights, still is in a situation where most of the clubs are not sure whether they can register uh, the players that they signed, uh, despite the fact that you know most of the clubs did not sign anybody of note. Well, yeah. Do, do we know who's which of those clubs are doing as you said and waiting until that final moment? And do we know the clubs that, I mean, arguably like Barcelona, who, who might legitimately have issues with the financial limitations in actually registering these players, like do we? Do I mean, Bet- 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 Betis has issues because they're 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 they 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 gave up ten percent of their uh, rights for um, uh, for Tebas and the CVC deal, and now they're they're selling part of the gate receipts. Um, reportedly, Atletico has issues as well. I mean, Real Madrid signed uh, Charmani, which I think is a very very good signing. And they're not going to sign anybody else. But okay, Chumani was like 100, 100 million euros, right? Barcelona is just going, <laughs> just going wild uh, with, with, with the signings. But what other player of note is coming to La Liga? Can you name me one? Can I mean, you name me one, one, one signing to La Liga where you say like, oh, wow, uh, that, that's a great signing? Yeah, I, I went through it. I, I went through it. I think yesterday or this morning. I I read like all of the all, all of the signings that came in, and sure, I had like um, a very busy day at work. So you know, my mind is all over the place. But now that I'm talking to you, I'm like, okay, so who is coming to La Liga exactly? Yeah, I mean, it's basically it's basically Alex Witzel on a free from Atleti. It's Antonio Rudiger on a free from Chelsea. Chuamani to Real Madrid, mm-hmm. and then even like Bryce Mendez to Real Sociedad. From Celta is one of the biggest moves that happened in the Liga this year. I mean, you have, right, and then we're already talking about the Borja Moral and Cuba Duro being permanent. And then Ameria bringing in um, Kaique from from Santos, the the, the, the young 18-year-old mm-hmm. center back. Again, then now we're talking Tati, Tati Castellanos coming from NYCFC to Girona. Like, then that's the next level. I mean, right. Yeah, right. So, like, you know, be, be, besides Barcelona and Madrid, because Barcelona and Madrid signed players of, of renown. You know, Adelie's top signing is Witzel. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, Noel Molina, the right back, might be their better signing in the long run because of Witzel's age. But yeah, I mean, now we're and, playing players. And, and, and even, even then, the question is, well, can Betis, can Elche, can Almeria register their signings? I've always been in favor of the the fair play rules in La Liga because I believe in fair play. Uh, I think the disgrace is that fair play is not implemented elsewhere. However, at the same time, it's also true that if fair play is only implemented in La Liga, then it hurts La Liga. Right. Yeah, I mean, you don't... Without an influx of... I mean, that's the thing that you run the risk of Sevilla. Sevilla had just such great success in the Europa League for so long and they sold off their two biggest center backs... 
and yet they're having they're struggling in theory to register their, their signings. And again, that squad right. in as for in terms of Sevilla that we've known for the last ten years, the squad that they're going to put on the field this weekend, they could again could have other players coming in, but their their squad stinks right now in comparison to a regular Sevilla squad. It's very imbalanced also because they got they got rid of their two central defenders and their best signing, and and this is actually a high-profile, relatively high-profile signing, I suppose, is Isco. Mm -hmm. Um, But they didn't really need Isco. But then again, if Isco goes to Sevilla, then Isco is the best player on that team, and they can build their their team around Isco. Maybe. And, and, and like, uh, you know, the what would, what you would normally expect is for Isco to play better in Sevilla than he played in Madrid. I mean, uh, I mean maybe that guy, he might be completely lost to the woods. I mean, we don't know that. I mean, Isco hasn't played in a long time. True. So, I mean, so even that, I mean, I think you, it's watered down risk. I mean, it's like, did like, they pay for him or, or did he come on a free? He was a free. On a free. Large certain. Yeah. Okay. So, right. for, so now for the Barcelona part of this, that's what people care about here. So to get players registered, there is clearly still discussion about, and, and listen, you can, I know you're going to do this, but you can keep jumping in as to what's true, what's not true. Cause I think there's so many reports from different places where the information that I've coupled, the information that you're coupled could be different. And I'm not sure which of us is right. I'm not sure which of us is wrong. I, my thing, as far as going through the aggregations of different news sources is trying to figure out, you know, what makes the most sense based on the timelines, based on what Catalan media is saying, based on what other journalists who are connected to the club are saying, you know, then kind of throwing out any fluff pieces, right? Like it's basically any, any article that I have read or any tweet that I've seen that doesn't really have a number, that doesn't really have an indication that they have an understanding of, or they're getting leaks about the numbers from the club or the league. Then I, I kind of see those and say, okay, it seems like this one's more opinion than actual uh, understanding of the thing. Now, mm-hmm. first thing here, to get players registered, there was clearly discussion about selling off additional assets. You know, they're calling it a fourth lever, but just additional assets in, in whatever way you want to look at it. To uh, as well as hoping that Busquets and PK do what Carlos Puyol did years ago and accept straight pay cuts without deferred payments. That right. would be the the, the and that that kind of I mean, story, that kind of even, story, yeah. Putting on a the, home tax. even deferred payments going to help. But go on. Right. Well, and it, it, rumors are that those two are already under heavy deferred payments. So they're asking them for straight pay cuts instead of deferred payments for that very reason, because then you're just creating a, a future problem. But of course. Then the reason why that seems to have some truth to it is because, again, not only is it true over the course of a few days here, but it does make sense based on Busquets' salary, like we talked about before, um, being the second highest paid on the team now with Frankie DeYoung, the, the other one. So th- now a story that I kind of throw out very quickly on the opposite end of that is that I'm happy to see that the contract criminality story kind of blew over rather quickly, you know, making me wonder the truth to it. So I had a number of lawyer friends of mine read the story, and they all said that no matter what, A, it would take a lot of time for mm-hmm. anything to kind of be figured out in that in, in, in a criminal case, right? Yeah. Or, uh, that's or, obvious. A criminal contract, right? <laughs> that's it's that's also an outrageous thing. It takes years of arbitration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's gonna take two, three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no matter what would happen. A, it's not going to be good for either party, Barca or the players, because again, Barca's the one yep. who signed the contract with Agreed. the players. And so, and one of those players being Frankie de Young, it just makes it even worse, like at the moment in the press. So again, I throw that one completely out now. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, please. The, before we get to de Young. The, 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 the idea here, and this is without defending anybody or blaming anybody except Artumel. Sure. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's true. If uh, if the contracts are illegal, then that would take years to resolve. 
during those years, you would pay the player. If after afterwards gets resolved, it would be a nightmare to get money back from the player. The, the primary uh, guilty party would be the club regardless because the club is the one offering the contract and the player is just signing it. Like, like when your employer uh, gives you a contract, you sign it. Like, you know, you should assume that the employer is the one with the lawyers to look over contracts. But let's say that on the face of it, if Bartumeo uh, tells Frankie de Jong, hey, I'm going to reduce your salary by 50% this year, but the next three years, we're going to double your salary then I don't only think that that will be ethically wrong of Bartomeu to offer because he knows that he's not going to be there when uh, that contract is insanely high the three years after he's gone. I also think that that's ethically wrong of the player, uh, knowing the position of the club and knowing that that will cause problems afterwards. So here, if, if this is what, what happens, and this is what is being rumored, I, I agree with the club to say, hey, you know, this is not right. This looks like both the, the former president and you and your, and your agents have taken advantage of a very complicated situation for the club. We're going to look at this, and we believe that these contracts would be, call, uh, would be called void. Like, I, I don't think that that line of thinking is completely insane because you, we knew one year ago about the financial issues of the club. We knew that those financial issues were unsustainable. So if this story is true, that players accepted a temporary wage reduction for one season in exchange for receiving double that money, double the money of our already like huge expensive contracts for three years, that is an issue. And yeah, people can say, well, they signed the contract. So it's on black and white. No, but that, that, that's an issue because everybody knows that this is unsustainable and that the club was already in debt. And even more so that this was contract was given by a president who was kicked out of the club one week after those contracts were signed. Yeah. So... So yeah, if, if if it goes to court, it's going to take years. You are, you are right. Both the club and the players would lose. But I also don't think it's completely insane that the club says, "Hey, you know, the, 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 these contracts are ridiculous. This 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 is not right. This is not okay. We need we need to fix this." Obviously. And transitioning those ideas all about Frankie De Young here. Looking at his contract and what's going on with the club, a lot of the, we'll say, bad faith actors that are criticizing the club, they're criticizing the treatment of Frankie de Young as if forcing a player out due to a hefty contract is a new thing. I, I mean, I, I do have to chuckle whenever I see the Real Madrid fans do this when you look at the treatment of Gareth Bale for many years for Isco and their list goes on and on, somehow worse than Barcelona's. So, yeah, it's down to Frankie de Young, the awful task of getting rid of players on the contract because uh, Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, sure. Well, here, so here are De Young's numbers: twenty-nine million euros gross for this season. That's no, eight. It's more. Well, I, I keep seeing twenty-nine million. That's like the number that's been confirmed. But no, it, no, no. It's it, it's twenty-two after taxes. But this is pre-tax that we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like 
you know, well, depending on whose perspective you're talking about, right? But uh, De Jong gets 22 million clean. Sure. So you count tax, that's like 40. All right. Well, again, I'm going off of capology, which seems to be verified numbers. So the numbers I'm going off have him, regardless of where he's at, I still have the numbers I have eight more than eight million more than Boosie, regardless of what De Jong is at, nine million more than Alba, 11 more than Lewandowski, 14 more than Pianet, 16 more than Ansu, and almost 10 times the salary of Eric Garcia. So over the course of the four-year contract, De Jong is due 116 million euros or so. Second on the team, then would be Ansu at 69 million over the next five years after that, and Kessier or Kessie at 67 over the next five years after that. So what that leads Barcelona into, so regardless of what the exact numbers are, the understanding from all parties is that, of course, Frankie de Jong's contract is is completely unsustainable Barcelona for this year and beyond. So the two questions I think as of today, Levon, you can correct me if, if I'm wrong about these two, is will he go to Chelsea? One. Two, will he negotiate his salary down and, and remain at Barcelona? It seems like those are the two options. But the third option is that Frankie de Jong just holds his ground and says no to everything. Like, no, I, I, that's my old money that I'm that I signed for and I'm going to stay at the club. So that's option three. Um, so mean, yeah, it, as far as one, two, three, where do you, how do you think this plays out? Chelsea negotiates his salary down or, or his agent and he hold their ground on the, on the money. Unfortunately, I think they're going to go for option three, which, you know, le- legally it's his right. Um, ethically, I think there's a middle ground for, for some reason, uh, people love to defend multimillionaire, uh, athletes. Me, I'm not that big on multimillionaires, period, whether I love what they do on a pitch or in any other area of life. But yeah, he, he is certainly within his rights to say, this is my contract, that's what you're going to pay me. The risk of him agreeing to a lower deal is that Barcelona will try to sell him regardless one year from now. So then he will have like lost all his all his leverage, right? Because there's, there's no guarantee that if he uh, agrees to a lower deal, that Barcelona will then say, okay, you're going to you're gonna spend your the rest of your career at the club. Because right now, he's not in the starting 11. Uh, I, I think like Busquets is clearly the better option in the defensive midfield. Uh, Pedri is clearly uh, a better midfielder. Uh, and Gavi is also emerging so his his spot in the uh, in the first 11 is not at all guaranteed well you didn't even uh, so- I, you didn't mention the guy i think is going to take the spot i i think even if even if god i mean yes gabi is the future but i think kessier is going to be the starter in like the do or die you know again we always talk about this but that do or die must pick 11 who do you start in that game i think kessier is going to earn that spot alongside pedro and busquets but that's just me but go ahead i i don't know i think i like kessie uh, I, I think Frankie de Jong is a better player. I think Frankie de Jong's ceiling is higher, but I think that Kessie's floor is higher. I also think he fits Xavi's system better. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- th- this is very possible. Uh, but let's see how that, how this plays out. So either way, no matter how you look at it, his starting spot in Barcelona is not at all clear. So if he says, well, okay, uh, I agree to uh, to a lower salary, that does not win him any any real favors. Like nothing changes for him at the club if he uh, takes a lower salary or if he sticks to his sticks to his guns and uh, receives the money that's owed to him by by contract. Except maybe the press, because if he if he says, "Hey, I'm 
I'm I'm gonna keep getting my 29 million or 40 million or or, or whatever it is, and he does not start, then the press is not gonna let go of this. Now, some people look at this as a campaign uh, campaign of the club. But I just look at it as a logical consequence of uh, being uh, at a club that attracts so much uh, press and so much attention that you have uh, two or three, if you count the Sportio, uh tabloids pretty much dedicated to writing about one football club every day. What are they going to fill their players with? Uh, what are they going to fill their pages with? Well, you know, they're going to fill it with Frankie de Jong, who earns more money than anybody else and might not even start and is also extremely charismatic and attracts attention re- regardless. So personally, I feel that his best option is to go to Chelsea. The pressure will be lower. Like he'll have less pressure at Chelsea. He'll have a good team. Uh, he'll have the money. Uh, what he won't have is a beach, but you know, who needs a beach when you earn 20 million euros a year? If he does stay at Barcelona, I'm like, I, I really don't see what's in it for him. Either he stays at Barcelona, lowers his salary, and fights for a spot on the team, even though the last three years have not been convincing. We all see his talent, but we don't see the fit. And then, like lowering his salary, he takes his chances, and it might work out for him. Or he's he keeps his salary, but if he keeps his salary, like it, it's very difficult for me to see this turn out well during the next couple of years. Because even if he keeps his, imagine that he keeps his salary, and we win the treble, I think we're still going to try to sell him next summer. For sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, and I think he he in his life and those surrounding him, you know, are I mean, regardless of the money, are are saying when it if it's you know it, it is about the money when we're talking about it, but you know, to the player himself that it's the agent and others who deal with the thoughts and the feelings and the morality of, of all that. For him, I think he wants to play at FC Barcelona. It's what he's wanted to do. He wants yeah. to play at FC Barcelona. A and B, he also believes every day. Like you don't get to this level without believing that you're going to be one of the best, that you're going to ascend to that level. And I think that whatever, even if he admits to himself that things have not gone perfectly or have not gone the way that he would have even expected them to go when he signed up for FC Barcelona those few years ago, that he's still going to say tomorrow or the next training session or the next game is the game. Like, that's my game, and I'm going to ascend. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the people in his yeah. small circle probably are saying the exact same thing to him, right? And it's the only, the only real voice coming outside of that is, Someone like Xavi, I mean, legal manager telling you, hey, I know you see yourself this way, but I'm actually seeing you as the backup interior to, to Kessier and Gabi and Pedri. Like, that's where you are. You're fourth on my interior. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the only real like, sure, truth that he would have to accept. There, there, there's also the part where he, he, he's been at this club for three years and it's been a mess for three years. I mean, that's our opinion, though. So, like that, that's, no, that's no, 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 I'm sorry. That's that's not an opinion. It's been a mess for three years. So he, he, he arrived at, at a club that was an elite club. And for three years, this club was such a mess that it was not really contending for trophies. You're talking about Barcelona with the mess, be, not be, Young. Be, You're saying- no, 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 Barcelona. Barcelona. Barcelona oh, cool. was a mess. So what we have is a very talented midfielder who, in theory... Uh, is compatible with the kind of football that Barcelona plays. 
and this is like in the grand scheme of things, not in the in the spe- in the specific nuts and bolts of how he actually fits in this specific team with this specific teammate teammates. Um, and this is his fourth year. The first three years, even though it's true that he 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 loves playing for this club and he really feels the colors up to a certain level, but as far as contending for trophies, it hasn't happened. Now he's finally in a season where we are building an extremely exciting team. And we and, and we and we all want to sacrifice him. So yeah, th- th- this is the emotional part for him, where I understand that he does not want to go. He feels that you know, hey, he's been one of the one of the more talented guys on the team, and he he wants to be part. He wants to be part of the success of the club. At at the same time, and and this is a very personal uh, opinion, and I understand other people do not feel that way. Um, I feel this way because myself. Personally, in my life, I have often made decisions that were against my own uh, financial uh, interests. Mm. I feel if you really want to be here and you really want to be here in the best possible situation, hey, maybe be happy with 11 million a year for the next three or four years instead of 22 or 25 or 29 or or, or, or whatever it is, because honestly, eleven million a year, like how are you going to spend that money? It's it's almost impossible to spend that money uh, unless you're an idiot. Or and 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 Frankie De Jong is from a very stable background, so Frankie De Jong is not not the kind of athlete. Because we often hear this about athletes, they make 30, 40 million a year, and after the career, they are completely broke. And uh, two years after they they finish their uh, their sporting career, they're divorced because the life their wife has left them because they have no more money. Like Frankie De Jong is not that guy. Well, Frankie De Jong is somebody who 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 is smart and stable enough to be to be good with his money. So for Frankie De Jong, there shouldn't be that much of a difference between ten million and twenty million. So I. I understand that it sucks, but Frankie De Jong needs to ask, "Hey, what what do I want from life? So, do I want to be, do I want to earn twenty million in Barcelona and be looked at as a problem, whether that is fair or not? It's going to happen. Do I want to have ten million and stay at the club where I want to be and fight to be important this in this team, and everybody appreciates me because a lot of fans applaud him and a lot of fans like him, and his 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 coach speaks well of him." Or do I want neither of these options because because of my pride, I don't want to take less money, but neither do I want to be here and be considered a problem. So let's just go to Chelsea, which also is a very competitive team who have just signed Koulibaly and, and, and Sterling. Uh, and they have an amazing coach, uh, Thomas Tuchel. Uh, it's in an amazing city where his girlfriend will be happy. I, um, I understand that his girlfriend is not excited about the idea of going to Manchester, but London is an excellent, excellent place to live. So that, that's up to him. And it's very difficult for me to judge one way or the other. I know that I know what I would do personally. I would either take less money or I would go to to London. But you know, it's up to him. Yeah, it's tough because this is not something that's going to blow over. Uh, in any in any short order, because again no. that contract will continue on. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, but unless he leaves, well, right, right, right. 
But there, I think there's a part of him that's saying, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, if I was part of this team that's going to win trophies this season, I mean, he might even be willing to evaluate, reevaluate it next year, be the burden, be the problem this year. But if they, let's say Barcelona win the treble and do all this winning, they'll remember him as part of this winning team. And no one, I mean, that's the thing about these salaries. No one's going to remember that 10 years. We might because we're lunatics, but the average fan is not going to remember that how much Frankie Young made 10 years from now, or even five years or two years from now, if if that problem, if he sold next summer even. Um, But anyway, okay. So speaking of selling, we got two quick more topics here. I think Obama Yang is sticking around. So I think that leaves Memphis, Mm -hmm. who who did get a jersey number, Brothwaite and Umtiti still left to find homes. And, you know, from what you just said about DeYoung, I mean, I, I God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking you what you think about Brothwaite's situation because of what you just said about DeYoung. I think the, the, the difference is that Brothwaite really has nothing to contribute to Barcelona as opposed to DeYoung. So actually, I'm going to handle this one because, yeah, I mean, the difference is that DeYoung, his potential, as you said, I agree, is higher than Frank Kessier's, even though I believe that Kessier fits Xavi's system better uh, as far as one-touch passing, whatever. But Brothwaite isn't a part of the club, isn't a part of the squad, really. But he is on an 18 million. Well, sorry, he was signed uh, for 18 million on a four-year deal as an emergency signing that ultimately probably led to Leganes getting relegated. And that's another quick aside here too of all the things you read about the people criticizing Barcelona. If there is not some kind of addendum or, or I know it's, I know it's frustrating for journalists to continue to always have to say, you know, due to the decisions made by Jose Bartomeu, it's a lot easier to say due to the decisions made at FC Barcelona when Jose Bartomeu was in charge. Right. Like or or just say made at FC Barcelona in 2018. I know it's easier to do that because it, it doesn't it, it's it's kind of frustrating to have to say the Bartomeu part every part. But, you know, this this just this broth rate in particular, it's one of the uglier or the all, more awful things that happened under Bartomeu somehow. But yeah, uh, the emergency signing basically what helps again lead Leganes to getting relegated. And now Brothwaite and the president that did not sign him are stuck in this deadlock. And it's not even the president, it's the board and it's Alemani and 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 Jordi Cruyff. So Brothwaite at the moment is refusing the letter of freedom and Barcelona have to terminate the two remaining years on his contract, which is 12 million euros total. So Barca has to just upfront pay 12 million euros to terminate the final two years of his deal. And Brothwaite, who has multiple That's offers. That's horrible. Yeah, reportedly Brothwaite has multiple offers no. that's refusing them in order to get paid by Barca. And and to uh, to then get paid by others at the same time. So that's what he's attempting to do. It seems that, like he could even be. Yeah, that's just that's just horrible. That's just horrible. I mean, in in the time that I've lived in Barcelona, I have not booed Coutinho. I don't think we should have ever signed Coutinho. I wanted rid of Coutinho, but I I, I never booed him because I never saw him as a guy who did not care. I did not boo. Um, Andres Gomez, I never wanted us to sign Andres Gomez. I thought Andres Gomez was was a terrible player. I don't think it's the booing that got to Andres Gomez, as I think it was just a collective 80,000 people in the stadium going every time that he uh, miscontrolled the ball. Uh, But I never booed him. I did not boo Sergio Roberto against Bayern. I don't think that we should have kept Sergio Roberto. I don't think that he's uh, deserving of his salary, but I never looked at him as a player who who does not care. I did, I did not boo Luke de Jong during the first half year when he got booed. Uh, I don't think that... I did not think at the time, well, I did change my mind later, but I did not think that Luke de Jong uh, is a player of the caliber uh, worthy of Barcelona. Um, I thought Luke de Jong in his first couple of months was lacking a lot of things, but I did not boo him. Um, I booed Brathwaite. 
I think it is unconscionable to not not just refuse to leave for a transfer fee, which is something that most footballers do. Like, okay, well, you don't want me here. Um, please let me go somewhere else then where I can play. Uh, and more often than not, there is a transfer fee involved. But not just to refuse a transfer fee. Okay, this this I can kind of kind of understand. But to insist on getting paid out the next two years of your of your contract, even though you were an emergency option, Barcelona gave you more money than any other football club in the right mind would have given you. You know, ex-player of Leganes and Middleton or Middleborough, whatever. It, it's it, it, it's just unconscionable. It looking at the situation of the club. Like, you know, you, he has other offers. There's there's nothing missing in his life. Yeah. Unlike the young, the Brothway case is that at 31, this is it. This is it. By, by choosing this path, he's given up the, he's giving up the opportunity to potentially play it, even a, some kind of team in Spain or, or the UK or wherever it may be. And potentially begins for his sporting life, like win something like at this point, he's going to Saudi Arabia or he's going to the UAE. This is where he's going for the payday that is inc- that is congruent with Barcelona terminating the two remaining years of his deal. Like this is this is a- he can still go he can still go to another Spanish club or like he can go to a Spanish club and enjoy. Yeah. I'm not enjoy that, football. That's not, in, well, that's in, not what I've heard. League. I've heard that the the offers that he's receiving are from like Saudi Arabia or the UAE. Like it, it sounds like his, he's dropping down a level and he's going to continue to go for uh, because that's lo- that's because he's looking for money. Yeah. Again, it's thirty-one. Like, is this again? This is this might be it. Like, this might be. We don't we don't know what the other offers are, but yeah, it's 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 a tough anyway. One. It's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I think anyway. Like 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 people people tell me, well, you know, it's a disgrace. Um, it's a disgrace that uh the fans boo him uh because all he did was sign a contract. I'm I'm sorry. I I don't I don't remember any you shall not boo breathweight clause. In his freaking contract, man. Well, yeah, to me, I mean, I don't go to a lot of games either. I mean, you know, people know that I like to hide here at my desk. But for, for me and, and like booing or, or, or being frustrated with a player in particular due to the financial part of things, you know, to, to me, like I, I wouldn't have done anything. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have clapped. I just kind of just like, OK, that player is gone at some point in some way. Like that's it. Like he's out. So anyway. All right. Last thing here. Real quick. Levon, if Barca has to play on Saturday. But we're saying like worst case scenario, because again, we can believe the registration stuff, but worst case scenario on Saturday, La Liga holds things up for XYZ reason that you and I cannot foretell. So without Lewandowski, Kessier, Christensen, Rafinha, Dembele, Kunde, or Sergio Roberto, meaning no new signings and no renewals, who do you go with? And I'm not sure about Memphis's registration status. I believe he is accessible. So I think maybe he starts if he is registered. So you're looking at basically Ansu, Aubameyang, Torres, Memphis up top. And uh, if Torres isn't ready and Memphis isn't registered, then Abde is the other option, I think. Pedri, Gabi, Busquets in the midfield. And De Jong is also, I think, registered. So you have De Jong as well. And then Alba, Garcia, Araujo, Dest, or Alba, Garcia, Pique, Araujo along the back line with Pjanic and likely Abde, uh, Abde off the bench. And I also mentioned him before, but Ilasha Komash, who has been terrific in Barca athletic preseason so far under Rafa Marquez, just came off a double, you know, going to get a, a spot on the bench likely in that scenario. But yeah, so... I guess you can give me two starting lineups. That's all I want to hear. The two starting 11s with the, without all the registrations 
and without. I I mean, whether with the registrations or without, my starting lineup is going to be the same. So I'm going to start uh, Umtiti, uh, Piquet, um, Sergio Roberto. Um, uh, I'm going to start uh, in 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 the attack. I will play Brethwaite. <laughs> I think Roberto uh, starts. Me, 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 I know you're thinking, but me, I think Memphis Roberto start against Rio if he registered. Just no. Out there. So, uh, I I think the more interesting question, and I'm going to ask you this question, mm-hmm. is if you can only register one player for the game against Rio, who would you rest? Who would you rest register? Well, based on all the other players that are currently in the squad, if they if none of those guys were able to be registered, I probably. No. Yeah, I choose, probably, choose one of the players that we need to register. I am. I said based on everybody else who is already there, I think I register. Right. I think I register Lewandowski. I think I just okay. You just you register Lewandowski and you win against Rio. Like I know that the argument about Dembele and Rafinha, like I I, I t- fully hear that argument. Um, but there's also a chance that a winger doesn't bring their best. And again, Lewandowski's floor in every game in the Liga is going to be potentially scoring a goal <laughs> and so you uh-huh. just Lewandowski and you don't think about it you put Obama Yang on the wing and then there's also again that that midfield and that back line are pretty much what they are and again Kunde is going to have plenty of time to get accustomed remember he's only played a few minutes so far so give him another week of training and then you go from there or I, you know, I, I, I think MLA is the other I, option I would I would I would register Dembele yeah I think that would be the other option right yeah I would I would register Dembele because he just Nudy. I mean he just conditions the, like the whole defense, if yep. you put Dembélé on the pitch, that whole defense is like, oh my god, is he gonna go to the left? Is he gonna go to the right? Like, is he gonna run behind us? Like, how are we gonna, how are we gonna, how, how are we gonna account for this guy? And Alba at nine, uh, and uh, and Ansu on 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 the left. Like, that's that's what I would go go with. I've actually been like, you know. Because yeah, we all we all know Lewandowski and we watch Champions League games, but I don't watch the Bundesliga. Do you watch the Bundesliga then? Not really, but I see enough Bayern and Dortmund and like Frankfurt and Wolfsburg. So like there are certain teams like, see enough of complete matches. Yeah, I'll put it on. I mean, just because they're at a, in the Lee Liga, like because in due to my work, I'll put them on the screen. Like I watched Bayern against Frankfurt's first match, like for the Bundesliga yeah. kickoff, and then like and so then I, I saw like parts of the Dortmund match as well. And that was it. Dude, you're an animal. No, no, not really. I mean, you put it on. I mean, listen, my wife has said many times, my superpower is to understand what happens in, in sporting games because I do it for a life. Well, I mean, for, for life. And I baseball was the thing that really conditioned me. This is really getting under the hood. All those years I worked baseball when I was a supervisor, I would have to keep track of the big moments and what happened in 15 baseball games. Most Dude, of which go on incongruently. So I, there'd be four or five games going on at one time. And then the, with the last hour of those, the next batch would start and the next batch start. So we're having how, to be- are you gonna, how are you going to even watch one inning without falling asleep? <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> baseball's not really my favorite. I, I, I've admitted that as well. But, but that said, working in baseball, having to figure out and listen. So like the key for me is that I listen partially to every broadcast. And because I'm a broadcaster myself, I, I know the inflection. I know when to pay attention, if that makes sense. I know the moments when to pay attention. Now, if you tell me to rate the defensive midfielder for Hoffenheim in the game, no, of course not. I'd like, I have to be paying attention to that player, especially like full, young fullbacks or let's say, uh, you know, a center back or even a goalkeeper. But like when it comes to what happened in a game, 
what players or difference makers in games, you know, I can put on multiple games at a time. And again, I'm listening for the <sighs> in my ears. And yeah, it's not a perfect science, but my wife said it's like kind of the thing that I've I've learned to do with a professional skill. So the, the, the only the only thing that's good about baseball is movies about baseball. <laughs> like baseball movies. Good. Yeah, yeah. I, ba- I ba- baseball games stay as far away from them as possible. Like not even going to the stadium and getting drunk. Try watching twenty five hundred a year for like five or six years. Oh. I, I, I it was a superpower. I oh, but anyway, my God. Right. So, <laughs> um, so we we way mean, off the rails. Levon, I give you one more. No, but the, so, so, so 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 this is the first time that I watched like four complete Lewandowski games mm-hmm. in such a short period, and I must say, I hope his finishing gets better. Oh, it will. The the Red Bull game I saw in person was the worst finishing from Lewandowski I have ever seen in a in a game. Absolutely worst. Worst performance I've ever seen Lewandowski as far as putting the ball in the back of the net. He had one for Poland a few years ago in like a UEFA qualifier that I was like, oh, that that was really rough. But other than that, like, no, Lewandowski will put the ball in the back of the net. Like, he just, that's what he does. That's what he does. I'm not, I'm zero I, worried about Lewandowski. Zero. I, I also think, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sorry with you that we didn't really talk about football this podcast. Because every time that you have me on, I, you have me talk about financial stuff and you know, no, it's the uh, game that finally matter though. No, the but, game finally matter. So my promise to but, you, we will talk you know, about football I, because the games matter. But I, I also know the game. So what, what I do think that Xavi is right to demand of Dembele to score goals because this kid, if he scores goals, like we know that he is capable of, it's just that he has been extremely inconsistent. But if he scores goals regularly. Then he is top three, top four in the world. Hmm. And what 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 I really liked, and I know it's just a practice game, that goal that he scored against Pumas, because those are the shots that he either scuffs or blasts like ten yards over. Mm-hmm. Right, those, those those chances that he gets where somebody passes the ball to him and he's like ten yards away from <laughs> away from the goal and he has to one time it. Like he always messes up those chances in the most ridiculous ways, and he's he's done it against Liverpool. He's done he's done it against Paris Saint Germain. Like he always messes up those chances. Um, if if Usman Dembélé can get his concentration right and put the ball in the net cons- consistently, then he's going to be our best player this this season uh, together with uh, with Pedri. Yeah, I mean, he's got to stay healthy, too. But we'll have to see again next time, LeVon. I promise we're going to talk about football next time you are on the show in short order. So follow LeVon on Twitter down in the show notes and give us a follow. Oh, no, don't follow me. Don't follow me. I have too many followers. I'm, I'm fed up with everybody. Don't follow. Yeah, uh, Barca Lob. There we go. It's Barca Lob if you're trying to follow him on Twitter. But anyway, give us a follow to Barcelona Podcast across all different platforms. You know where to find it, especially if you're still here. You figured it out down in the show notes below. And most importantly, though, thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Forza Barca. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.